without further ado, we're going to have Pastor Ronnie Small, as you saw coming up. He's on the board down, down below. He's going to be bringing the word of God. So without further ado, Pastor Ronnie. My father used to always say, I'm doing the best I can with what I got left. He had, uh, Pastor Fred had quite a few sayings. Sister Michelle, she's got the most of them, though. But uh, in, in, my la- in, the, in the latter part of uh, my dad's life, you know, when he started slowing down, uh, that was his phrase, I'm doing the best I can with what I got left. He also had this one since he was a farmer. He was out on the farm, and he had this one called Bull Tight, Pig Strong, and Horse High. That was a fence. If you wanted to keep something in, it had to be Bull Tight, Pig Strong, and Horse High. Pastor Fred, one time he was preaching, he said, uh, some people are on the outside looking inside through the window, but they're still outside. Yeah, this other one says, uh, people used to tell him, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. Pastor Fred would reply, well, what you doing under there? <laughs> uh, yeah, this other one, he used to say um, that your heels was in the path and your toes was in the grass. That was, that was a sinner. This, this is one he used to have at the, that he used to lay down at the funerals. He said, don't expect to lay down with horns and wake up with wings. Mm-hmm. And we know what his favorite story was, assistance. Yeah, he had one just one funeral, and all he did for a minute or two was talk about tick, 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 tick. That means time was running out. The one called assistance was... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, this man jumps off into the deep end of the water, and uh, he couldn't swim, but he was—he wanted to be kind of sophisticated and, and uh, sophisticated. So he went down. And we went down, took on a bunch of water. When he came back up, he raised his finger and said, "Assistance." <laughs> he went down again. Came back up again. Again, he whispered, "Assistance." By the third time, he panicked and came. When he, when he went down, came back up, he screamed, Help! <laughs> Guy was watching him on the sides, grabbed him, pulled him, and said, Why didn't you say that the first time, fool? <laughs> One of the last things I, heard, I remember my dad saying was, Do the right thing, because it's the right thing to do. All right, that's it for Pastor Fred. My subject today is, uh, When the problem meets the solution, the solution confronts the problem. When the problem meets the solution, the solution confronts the problem. And I'm going to, we're going we're to take a look at a few different stories today. We're going to, just want to bow your heads. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to deliver this word, just once again pray, Lord, that you open the ears and the hearts, Lord, and help me as a servant, Heavenly Father, just deliver the word that you would have to say. I ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. First story I want to deal with today is a story back in 1 Kings 17. I believe it might be up on the board in a few minutes. I have it right here. Otherwise, I'll be, you can read along or I'm reading along with you. Uh, it deals with the 
prophet Elijah, which was the, one of the greatest, greatest prophets in the, in the Old Testament. And the things he, um, he did during this time, if you ever want to read the story, it starts probably around 1 Kings 7, 16, probably, before he was taken off the scene. And his predecessor was a person by the name of um, Elisha. Just amazing that their names were so close by, but just a fascinating, fascinating story. This is, this is the prophet who dealt with a woman by the name of Jezebel. Have you heard of Miss Jezebel before? Anyway, if you ever heard the name Jezebel, that's, that's what we get from it. And her husband was a man by the name, name Ahab. Now Elisha the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, King Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain for the next few years, three years or so, except at my word. Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Karif Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed ravens to supply you with food there. My dad used to always say uh, Ravens probably got the food off of Ahab's table. So he did what the Lord told him. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to a Kareth ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank water from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Uh, number eight, then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went in obedience to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water? in a jar that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called, and he said, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little oil in a jug, a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home, I make a meal for my son, uh, for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, "Do not be afraid, but go home and do as you have said. But first, make me a small loaf of bread for me and what you have, and bring it to me, and then make for yourself and your son something for yourself and your son." For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Uh, most people would say, Houston, we have a problem. 
which was the words that Apollo 13 said when they was up in space and they had a problem up there and NASA, which was in uh, Houston, uh, uh, had to call on them for a solution. But my question to you is, uh, what do you do when you're down to your last? What do you do? Where is your faith? Do you, do you just give up and uh, want to die or do you uh, keep pushing forward? Do you continue to trust God for, for all your needs? See, God already knows your name. And he already knows your situation. And I, had a, I was talking to a friend of mine just recently, and uh, they were telling about some things going on in their life, and they said, uh, if God already knows what I want and what do I need, why do I have to ask him? So I've got a question for you. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel as though... God already knows what your situation is, but you don't have to ask him. Pray always. What else he say? Pray without ceasing. What else he say? He said ask. He said you have not because you, and sometimes you ask because you have the wrong, you got the wrong motives. Very much. That's first and foremost. So on that word, the first word we stand on is in Matthew 6, 33. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Now, even though you might believe in God, uh, you're going to be challenged in your faith. I don't care where you are in your faith. The Bible talks about you being a, starting out as a baby in your faith. And then as you come to church, as you read the Bible, as you go, and, and you, you absorb this word that he has, then that's how you grow in order to be mature, to get off baby food. So you don't always, when you're a child, you don't always stay on baby food, but eventually you graduate, you know, because your, your body needs more. Your body makes fruit and vegetables and maybe no meat if you're vegetarian, whatever. But, but the point is, is that you don't stay on baby food when you start getting to adult, but you grow up. And that's the same in the animal world, too. You might give them some puppy child. But you don't feed him puppy child all through his adult life, right? All right? So the Word of God, which is the Bible. So I'm promoting God today, his son, Jesus Christ, who was the one who did this miracle for a woman who all she knew was that she was going to fix this. All she had was a handful of flour, a little oil and jug, and a little bit, and she didn't see no other way out. No other means to supply her needs. She was through. Her, her thing was finished. But God, he, he stepped in. Now, he already knew what her situation was going to be, and he had already told Elijah, there's going to be this person up here who's probably already praying and said, Lord, this is all I got. I'm with me and my son going to eat this, and we're going to die. Right? But what the Lord did, he told Elijah beforehand, because, you know, he already seen the situation. So pay attention. So he had already told Elijah, because uh, he, he just already had come out of a situation where he was already hiding out from Miss Jezebel, and, and over, over, the Lord told him exactly where to go. The Lord told him exactly where to do. He said, go over to this uh, ravine over there, hang out over there, there's, there's some good water over there, some blessed little stream water we got over there. He, he uh, told the ravens, commanded the raven. Now, are you guys paying attention to this? A bird. 
he talked to a bird and told the bird to go over to get some food, some bread, bring a piece of meat, a rib. They have just finished barbecuing. <laughs> piece of steak, you know. But in the morning, maybe, you know, maybe he has some eggs and bacon, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So go over there and get a couple pieces of bacon in the morning, piece of toast. <laughs> take it over there to my, take it over there. Now, I don't hear anywhere in here with a raven to argue back with the Lord. A bird. But he did exactly what the Lord told him to do. So, if the bird obeyed, why can't we, right? Okay, now, because he wants to bless you now, but he got to get you from here to over here. Okay, he got he got he got to move you he got to move your situation. And only at this point, only he's the one gonna be able to do it. Because you don't right now, you don't see no other way out. Right? Okay, you don't see any way how you gonna get out of the situation you're in right now. But only God got a plan above your plan, and above that plan too. In order to take you, that's why a lot of you sitting here today, you went from where you were to to where you're here right now. You know where you came from, but here you are today. So God wants to bless you, but you got to, it's something that you, you got to play a part in this too. Okay. It's, it's just not on him. He, he says, what we see here is that there was obedience done not only with uh, Elijah, but even the woman in her most dire situation, where she didn't see no way out, but she stepped out on faith. And, and it wasn't her alone. It wasn't just her, but she had a child. And we know how we feel about our children. You know, we're like, Lord, what are you talking about? You know, I got to get this. I don't, because you, you don't see how you're going to get out of this situation that you're in, because you only got just this little bit left. And we only got just a little bit. I don't know how I'm going to get some more. You know, and I got to feed my child too. Right? But Lord got a plan above your plan. All right. So when the problem meets the solution, then the solution confronts the problem. The widow had a problem, but the Lord took who is the solution, brought his solution, and overpowered the problem and solved it. It's no different in your life today. Will I have Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Let's go to story number two. All right, let's go to Matthew 14, starting at verse 13 through 21. Uh, this is a very, this chapter is a very interesting chapter. Uh, just before we get to the story of Jesus feeds the 5,000, he had he had did something. He took Peter, James, and John up on this mountain. Now, this is, if you want to go to the beginning of 14, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you about it. And up on the mountain, Jesus did something. He transfigured himself, meaning that who he was on the inside allowed to come through. This bright light that's contained in this human body he allowed it to uh, come through, so much so that his face was radiant, his clothes was 
bleach whiter than a, they talked about bleach whiter than a whiter, that, that you would know that bleach can do. Just, you know, if, if, if you think back, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, when the Lord knocked him off his donkey with a beam of light that came out of heaven, blinded him, knocked him off his horse when a beam of light hit him, right? Saul, what you doing? Persecuting, uh, messing with my people. What you doing messing with my people, my peeps? All right. Okay, this is enough. It's, 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 the buck stops right here. All right. So sometimes the Lord got to step in once again and say, hey, the buck stops here. Now, if a beam of light can knock you off, off something, you know, just imagine the, the kind of power behind that. That was just a little bit. All right. That was just a little bit. So we're dealing with three, I deal with three areas of my life. I, I, deal, I deal with things financially. I deal with things physically. I deal in areas spiritually. All three areas. I deal with a whole bunch of physical stuff now. So do you. Like my dad said, just keep on living. I don't know, after 55, I don't know what's going to happen, but things begin to change. I don't move as fast as I used to, <laughs> you know, because the word of the Lord said a long time ago, hey, you know, as is appointed in the man wants to die, but after this judgment, this, this, this process, well, I, you know, I used to be amazed when I used to drive a bus, you know, and an elderly person gets up on my bus. I used to think in my mind, once upon a time, that was a young person. Once upon a time, that was, that was young. But now this person got some age on them. They're up in the... And you can, you can see it. And, uh, you know, uh, they're not what they used to be because of what the Lord said. Lord, Lord said something back there. And what he said back there is whole, holding true. And we see it with our eyes today as evident. The people, you know, was once upon a time they was young. But there's this process that takes place, you know. Some people leave out here early as we see, you know. But, but for those who get to be up in their 80s and 90s and, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's a blessing because he holds the power in his hands. So during this time, so this transfiguration takes place up there. Now Peter, James, and John, they see this all together. And they terrify, scared to death. But they get a chance to see this. And then they see Moses and Elijah, who died years ago. Uh, well, Elijah, as far as we know, didn't die. Well, he, he translated but if you keep reading this story in First Kings, you'll, you'll see this about uh, Elijah when it keeps going, how the chariot of fire came down, swooped down, picked him up, and took him out of here. Right? And his predecessor, Elisha, ended up getting a, dip, uh, a double portion of his power. Now, this, this man would call power. This, this man would say, uh, you know, when he was being attacked, was going to be attacked by uh, uh, a captain and 50 men. He called down fire out of heaven, took all of them out. This is Elijah. So the Lord was, him and the Lord had a, they had this relationship, thank you very much, had this relationship who, where he was able to talk to the Lord, and the Lord, Lord did what he said, what his request was. You imagine what kind of relationship, we had that kind of relationship, well, maybe that's why you don't have that kind of power, you know, especially somebody you didn't like, right? But, he did it more than once. It's another, another group of 50 went, Took them out too. 
The third captain say, uh, <laughs> Elijah, please, please don't take me out. He became a believer and spared, spared his people. Why? Because he humbled himself and came before the almighty God. You know, but Elijah was the representative at the time, you know, taking care of that. Right? He was, he was God's spokesperson in the, in the earth, and God himself was backing him up. Y'all getting it? All right. Let's keep going. Jesus feed the 5,000. When the problem meets the solution and the solution confronts the problem. When Jesus heard what had happened, started verse 13. Matthew 14 started verse 13. Uh, starting verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, approach, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and is already getting late. They said, Send the crowd away so that they may go to the villages and buy themselves something to eat, buy them some food. But Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here, dear Lord, only five loaves of bread and two fish. And they answered, that the answered, 18, bring them to me. Remember that what I said. Bring them two little fish and five loaves of bread. Bring them to me. And he directed the people to sit down. On the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, and he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. So he takes the two little fish, five loaves of bread, prays over it, breaks them. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And they ate, and they were satisfied. And the disciples, disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces, that were left over, off of two little fish and five loaves of bread. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. I want to give you this little analogy. Two little fish and five loaves of bread. I count my paycheck every month as two little fish and five loaves of bread. So I write my check, I write my check first to the Lord. I don't know how everything else is going, you know. How everything falls into place. I list that, list my rent, list my car payment, you know, going down the list. Off that two little fish and five loaves of bread. Okay. So I asked the Lord to, uh, Lord, bless that and show me how to, how to multiply. And he wants to do the same thing for you. He said, bring what you have to me. Bring it to me. Now, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about your health. We're talking about whatever situation that you may be going through. But I'm just using this as, a, as an analogy, okay? Bring what you have to him. Uh, you might not be able to see any way out of your situation. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, things will be added. It's, 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 this, this thing is a, is a test of faith where you have to step out of where you are to step into the, to, to the next where your blessing is, is up here. Now, it, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to step out on some, some situations, right? 
Because, because you don't see, you don't see, you only see what you see, but you don't see what God sees. Okay. You know, with the, with the prayer list that we have, you know, we bring, we bring that before the Lord. You don't see any way out. You know, as, as mothers and fathers, you know, we, we get concerned. We get concerned about our friends, our people, our health, our situations, what we're going through. And so we, we bring these things to the Lord. And, I, and that's why I kind of contribute this thing with this. I love this thing with this two fish and this five loaves of bread. Because, you know, we may be the two, two little fish and five loaves of bread. We bring ourselves you know, before the Lord. Bring what you, Lord said, bring it to me. So the problem is the 5,000 in your life. That represents, that 5,000, that's just men. That's not even, that's not even including the, the, the boys, and the girls and boys, and the women that were there. So take that analogy as your problems. Right? So how, Lord, am I going to take care of these problems with these two little fish and five loaves of bread? You don't even know because you don't have the plan. The plan ain't with you. The plan is with the Lord. But as we've seen in the past, everybody who obeyed so far, they were, the Lord provided for them because they did. They didn't see, they didn't see a way out. They don't see how things are going to get solved, how things are going to get taken care of because the plan is not your plan. The plan is the Lord. And the Lord says, if you do these certain things, there's other blessings that's, that's going to be added to you along the way. When you, step, when you step out in faith, beyond what you, beyond, this is beyond what you see. The only way you can see this is through the eyes of faith. That's the only way you can see God, because you can't see him in the physical, but you can see his creation. And, you know, when you see his creation, man didn't create the trees and the mountains and the streams and the rivers and the ocean. Man didn't have nothing to do with that. That's why when people stand going to stand before him, he said, you don't have any excuse talking about I don't exist. Some people say I don't exist. You don't have a, Romans 1 tells you that you don't, you don't, uh, you don't have an excuse. Okay? So you take your two little fish and you, you five loaves of bread, and then once the Lord took care, once everybody ate and was full, filled, 12 ba- baskets of unbroken pieces were, were, were taken up. Over, way over, and this is after you full, so now you got some little bundles hanging out over here, you know. So how do you get from, from there is that you got to step out on faith. You got to step out on faith in order to get to the next phase, okay. No, hey, don't lose, don't lose heart. No matter what your situation is, just because you pay your tithes don't mean that things ain't going to happen, Okay. Because I had that, I, I told y'all once before, I had that all mixed up. So, Lord, you know, I, I pay my tithes, and you said you was going to rebuke the devourer. And, you know, right, if you look right below that scripture in Malachi, you know, I'm your, your vines are going to be full. <laughs> my vines weren't full during this time. But spiritually, they were. So, oh, my Lord, Lord, uncomfortable. Uh how you squirming? <laughs> Lord have mercy. I didn't know how I was going to get to the next phase, but I, I had to continue to come over here. You know, I, I did kind of mess up one time. 
uh, needed to put a little money on my house payment. It was due. Use a few uh, few dollars from a tithe. That was the last time I did that. I got a call from Brother Small. Hey, what's going on here? And you know what? Lord, I'm paying you back. All right? I'm going to take care of I ain't going to, but what I owe you, I'm going to add a little bit extra month to each time, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take care of that. Okay? So he, he had me, uh, uh, so since then, he took care of his business. And it's interesting because my dad had always said, Lord, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Vice versa. You, you, you take care of you, Lord, you want me to do this? I'm going to do it, but you know, but you got to take care of uh, me and my family. If you do this, I'm going to do this, but you know, you got to. And he, he stuck to his, uh, he stuck to his words. And while I'm standing up here right now, too, uh, brothers, brothers, brother Marcus up here, too. Smooth, smooth, smooth transition. <laughs> smooth. Cool. As it's red suit. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Lord said, bring what you have. Bring it to me. Okay, do it in faith. Come, all of you who are weary, heavy laden. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to give you some rest. You have some problems sleeping, resting. Bring it, bring it to him. So he's, and that's what you tell me. He said, come. He, he told you to come. All right, if you don't come, then he can't help you. He, says, he, said, he said, bring it. It's an action. You got you to move forward. You got to bring it, and you got to come. He said, come to me. Don't go to nobody else. Don't go over there to the palm reader. They can't help you. If you go to them, it's going to take you longer to get what you got to get. You ain't, ain't going to get it over there. He said, come to me. What you need? He said, come to me. All right? Don't go over to the Judge Judy. He said, he said come to me. And I'm going to take care of it. We good with that one? Let's do one more real quick. I don't know what my time is, but I'll be sure to get you guys out here by tomorrow. All right. Just a couple more minutes. It's almost one class. Seven, seven minutes. All right. Let's take a look at um, a really interesting uh, story, which is at Mark. The book of Mark started at 9, verse uh, 14 through 29. Once again, I was remembering. What we're looking at here, we're looking at when the problem meets the solution, and the solution confronts the problem. Jesus is the, he's the solution. His father is the solution. He said, bring your problem to me and see what happens. We'll solve it. All right. Let's start at verse 14. When uh, they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they, over, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about? Jesus asked them. And a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who was possessed by a spirit or demon that has robbed him of his speech. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. And he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth. And then he becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. 
Jesus said, unbelieving, you unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? And how long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him to him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy to the ground, threw him into the convulsion, threw him to the ground, and he rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Now, this is the problem. This this, this is after he saw Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. So he started acting fool. Stop paying attention. Uh You you bring up your situation uh, to the Lord. Okay. Here here, here you go. Now he's finna act up. All right, but keep pushing forward, right? And he rolled and started foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The father said, from childhood. It has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you could do anything, take pity on us and help us and help thy, uh, my unbelief. Some translations may say If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. He said, you deaf and mute spirit, call him by name. I command you to come out of him and never to enter him again. When you have problems, uh, it's interesting what's going to take place when you start to, when you come to the Lord. Anytime you, you start coming to the Lord, it seems like all hell breaks loose. Because you see, the enemy, once he has you, he's not really worried about you because he got you. See, but when you become a threat to his kingdom, now, you know, this, this is a whole different story. Okay? This situation is real, and we're seeing this lot of stuff play out in the world today. We're seeing some crazy things going on right now. And even God still shields it. We don't see it at all. But what we do see ain't nothing nice. And it's getting, like the Bible says, it's waxing worse and worse. Right? And that's why we have to continue, you know, to, to stay before him. I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but you, it, it, it's just a motion just to keep, you, you know, the Lord already sees what's going on in your life and, you know, what's, what's happening. But, you, but, but continue to bring them to you as you continue to move forward. Yeah, don't 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 be looking back. You know, don't be uh, you know, looking back too much. Uh, it's, it's a trip. You gotta you gotta keep your focus because things are gonna start coming up on the left and the right of you. On your left, you're gonna have situations gonna come up, gonna try to distract you from getting to your goal. You're gonna you're gonna have they're gonna come. They're gonna, your distractions are gonna come. But what does it take in order for you? You gotta keep pushing because you can't do it alone. It takes all of us together to be able to continue to move forward, continue to, to push to push forward. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pushing and keep fighting. Let me just end with this last story that I, I, I saw. Um, and it, it, it's called Bring the Boy to Me. It's with the, um, what's the little books that we, we get first of all? Daily Word. This is, this is back from about two, to Daily Bread, 2015. Let me just read this last story and then I'm going to be done. It starts off by saying, um, I don't believe in God, and I won't go, Mark said. And Amy struggled to swallow the lump that was in her throat. Her son had changed from a happy boy 
to a surly and uncooperative young man, uncooperative young man. Life was a battleground, and Sunday had become a day of dread as Mark refused to go to church with his family. Finally, his despairing parents consulted a counselor who said, Mark must make his own faith journey. You can't force him into the kingdom, but give God space to work. Keep praying and wait. Amy waited and she prayed. One morning, the words of Jesus that she had uh, read echoed through her mind. Jesus' disciple had failed to help a demon-possessed boy, but Jesus had the answer. He said, bring him to me. The sun, the sun shone uh, through the window at Amy's side, making a pool of light on the floor. If Jesus could heal in such an extreme situation, then surely he could also help her son. She pictured herself and Mark standing in the light with Jesus. Then she mentally stepped back, leaving her son alone with the one who loved him even more than she did. And every day, Amy silently handed Mark over to God, clinging to the assurance that he knew Mark's needs and would in his time, not your time, in his time, in his own way, he was going to work the situation out. And I just want to leave that with you. So, bring, bring what you have to the Lord. He said, bring it to me. He said, come. So let's, let, let us remember this command that God has given us today. And uh, I'm going to leave you with that story. And I love you very much. And uh, thank you for being here today. And uh, may God bless you all.